Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live today. Tech companies letting everyone vote. Drake gets to a billion sales and Luke Cage is coming to get you. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. All right, okay. All right, okay. Okay. All right, okay. I'm feeling you. Okay. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell, as always, joined by my man Achilles Shine. Yes, sir, man. You finally knocked it down, man. man clean, me, very clean. Only took me 200 episodes. Exactly. But I, I, I got it. Hey, you got it, man. Uh, that's that's, that's uh, coming into the old Lyricist Lounge. Yes, sir. Uh, most you know, deaf. Most deaf. The mighty most deaf with, uh, I think, uh, my man Taz, Taz from Alcoholics. Yeah. Right. Uh, and uh, what's that? Q Tip? I believe it is. Yeah. I believe that's correct. That's, that's, that's a, good, a classic album. Uh, that's a good album. Classic and, compilation and good, album. Yeah, good, good time. Good it's got a good Eminem track on there, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. That's when Eminem was still, like, you know, uh, kind of obscure. Yeah, yeah, baby Eminem. Yeah, exactly. Still coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, where he can, like, be, like, the 10th guy on a compilation album. Seriously. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, we were here, uh, Geek Nerd teching it up. We, we a lot, lots to talk about. We had a big uh, Monday, which was uh, election, which was the debate, which we should talk about and talk about how that affects some, some things. Debate Monday. Uh, we still are in the middle of fall TV. We've got a lot of electronic things and tech happening and and then tech launches <clears> and everything <throat> else. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about. But what what what's what's on your mind? Anything in particular on your mind? Top of top of top man, of the show? I'm, I'm kind of interested in. Uh, I think we were talking offline earlier today about the new Denzel joint. Oh yeah. my gosh, fences! Did you see that trailer? I did. Holy smokes, did. man! It's uh, too much. The the, the the fences trailer. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, it you know, on uh, point based on the uh, play by uh, my man. But but directed by Denzel Washington, starring Viola Davis and Denzel, and it's a teaser trailer. Doesn't really give much away, but it's very strategically has a very Denzel esque Denzel monologue, followed by a very Viola esque Viola mini response monologue. The stinger, the stinger. Yeah, was like, and it's like, okay, the acting's going to be exemplary in this movie. Like, yeah, they coming for it. They coming for the statue. I was thinking about this on the way in, and I was like, you know. Uh, I was like, "Wow, Viola! Viola is the uh, is is the black Meryl Streep." And I actually thought, "Wait, it'd be funny to call Meryl Streep the black Viola Davis." Hey. <laughs> That's no no disrespect to Meryl Streep, but like, you know. Um, and then another joint, you know, Jay Z and Will Smith—they're about to produce the new Emmett Till movie. Yeah, that interesting, is exciting. That, that that is exciting. I mean, like, yeah. I I I just saw a uh, Birth of a Nation, which was the the much uh, you know sort of talked about uh, uh, Nat Turner story, which. You know, very much. I think needed to be told. Yeah. Uh, it'd be inter- It'd be interesting to see how audiences receive that. All audiences. Hey, I think the Emmett Till story is, is definitely close to home, though, in, in the sense that you know, us as black men, black boys in this country, what we had to endure and still endure right now in these times. Like mm-hmm. that story is going to be very, very uh, emotional. You know, mm-hmm. very uh, close to home. So, yeah. it makes me wonder about like I, you know, I was talking to this you know with with with, uh, with Steve our partner Steve about this and also uh, some other folks about you know the the stuff that came out about uh, Nate Parker which we won't get into you know about even the stuff that came out that came out of him about his 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 case uh, from from, from uh, years ago um, the fact that that was leaked when it was leaked is either you know at best case scenario a rival studio you know, the timing of it was very suspicious, and it was either a rival right. studio who is salty because they didn't get they didn't get the seventeen million dollar bid on that movie, or something else, or someone else something political. I didn't think it was anything political until I saw the film. Of course, it is. Of course, I, it I didn't is. think it was anything political. I saw the film, but I'm like, oh yeah, a movie about a slave uprising, about black folks who've had it and not going to take it anymore and start killing white folks is not exactly the movie that. Some people want to have out right now. <laughs> I mean, anything to discredit, you know, a different narrative that is not in congruence of, you know, how we're programmed to be, programmed to think. Like anything that's going to educate and give some historical context to why the times are the way they are, or as to why the race relations are the way they are. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be subverted. And so, yeah, use anything, draw things from his history, his past, or try to fly, find some flaws. I think that was definitely strategic. Like that wasn't just randomized. Someone pressed the button on that. Let's go after this. Yeah, that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. 
anyway, I digress. But let's get, let's get back to this election. There's lots to talk about um, on that before we get into these stories. Did you watch the debates? I did. And um, yeah. and then, and then, and then did, did it change your mind in voting for Trump? Not at all, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm Trump all the way, man. <laughs> Come on, dog. Come on. You're out of this world. <laughs> Uh no, but what, what did you what did you what did you think? I mean, obviously, I mean, I had so many thoughts, man. Like, it's almost I don't want to give power to it, but two two politicians, two wealthy people, two people that have influence that can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump on one end, um, I felt was very disrespectful and just man, just uninformed and just loud and just disruptive. And I mean, I love Hillary's disposition and trying to combat that. Um, I was just talking offline about how they address race relations. It was completely circumvented. Like they didn't even speak to what race relations are, is or what they should be, or what the problems are. It was it was, it was completely glazed over. Um, and I think you know, I think it's just inter- entertainment for the sheep, man. I think a lot of people are programming into this hyper um, just celebrity culture and just not really getting the information that's that's that we need to be able to make informed decisions that will course affect generations affect posterity our children and so i don't know man i have i have a lot of takes that are specific but that, those are my general takes what about you uh my general takes are, are very similar as i have the obvious takes of you know what you know all, all the things that hillary had to do to, to just you know get through the debate and not be either more hated or aghast she couldn't cough she couldn't sneeze she couldn't yeah. smirk she couldn't laugh she couldn't you know make a look she couldn't do her she couldn't do anything and all trump had to do was was look presidential for 90 minutes basically or just sit up there and look like not a moron for for and not get upset for 90 minutes which he could not do yeah. uh he but he uh, couldn't do it for 10 minutes yeah so but but the, the two interesting takes for me were more along the lines of like to, to your point about the about black folks it's this thing that hillary does uh, and I, I'm pro Hillary, but there's this thing that Hillary does. She made this mistake um, in 08 with Barack, and I think she's kind of making it again. Is she kind of has this disposition like the black vote is in the bag, almost like like when when it comes to talking about those issues, she almost gave it look like well we know Trump ain't there. She almost kind of gave it, it's almost like black people, you know me. I I, mean, I don't have to, I don't have to speak on this. Well, you kind of do, you know, <laughs> like it's you, not in the bag. You kind of really do have to articulate your views and your thoughts on how you feel about certain things on a national stage. You can't kind of give the wink of like, I already got you guys. So that, that, that that's, that's the one thing. And the other thing, um, you know, this is such an election. It just really struck me how an election of baby boomers this still is and how targeted, you know, they are still. I mean, we have these two people, you know, in, you know, in their late sixties and seventies running for president, uh, you know how targeted they are still to this older baby boomer, you know, generation hmm. talking about things. I mean, they want to target. They knew they need to target millennials, but like all their conversations, even like the sort of the the um, anecdotal stories, which I think are wonderful about you know Hillary's you know working class father and and you know the the, the jobs and the mills and the this and the that and like we are you know I don't know that millennials identify with hmm. that sort of like uh, blue I mean, collar grassroots. There's no talk I, I of think, like... I think they do because I think that take is that, that take, take is from someone that lives in a city on a coast. What about all the people in middle America? That That is the reality. And they're still True. in that age demographic but they might work in a factory. They might work on a farm. They might have more of a blue collar lab, laborious type of type of job. Maybe they're not in you know, a, a, a agency or business environment. Well, that's fine, but I think that the idea of describing the sort of the the fabric of America and the future of America being based in sort of in in terms that are more like Norman Rockwell esque as opposed to something something more forward thinking. Like, I don't know if this were you know Cory Booker or or Gavin Newsom that they'd be talking about the old mills and the blah blah blah. I think that just sort of speaks to a very specific voter, um, which people who vote, which are you know. Uh, the baby boomers and up, so yeah. uh, I just that's something that struck me, and I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm not not definitely not dismissing the flyover states. I just thought that was interesting that they weren't speaking to like me, the millennials, us, <laughs> us, us millennials. Good luck with that. Need to be spoken. Good luck with that. <laughs> need to be spoken to. But let's get on with this. So speaking of which, uh, you know, there's a story in Washington Post about tons of tech companies are actually giving uh, employees a day off. Let let, let employees skip 
work on election day. Now, this is something that's pervasive that started among certain tech companies and sort of grew to a thing all all throughout the valley, Silicon Valley, and then all these and then, and then these tech companies that are now multinationals and in, in other parts of the country mm-hmm. uh, is spreading as well. And yeah. I think that this is interesting. One, but it's the tech companies that are that are sort of these maybe forward thinking companies that allow you know that allow for this. But there's talk that. You know, the election day should be a national holiday anyway. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, talk about that. I, 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 I really agree that that uh, that this should be a national holiday and not, you know, a a a you know, it's a work day. Like, you know, after work, go before work. If you can't get out of work, sorry, you can't vote. But I, I like this. What do you think of this? I mean, but I, I mean, I think in concept is great. Um, but I mean, when you start to look look in it and un- unpack it, it's kind of problematic because. The whole point of getting people out to vote are not the people that are necessarily middle class that have some upward income that are, you know, doing decent. Like, what about the people that are actually, you know, below below middle class or impoverished or they're having a difficulty um, with their economics and they don't have the ability or the, the flexibility, rather, the luxury to be able to take off. And, and I think a big point was that most national holidays, people work anyway, especially if you work on like at Nato's or you work in fast food or yeah, anything of that service nature. Industry, you're, yeah. Service industry, you're still working. So it's, sure. not, it's not helping those that actually might be disenfranchised or it's voiceless. Point. So I, point. I think, yeah, for the for the guy that's comfortable and that has that salarized position that has the benefits and can can be afforded that luxury, like that's perfect. But for the person that has kids at home that has to provide for their family and can't afford to take off work, like... That's not going to happen. So, but I get it in concept that you want to promote the value of voting and exercising your your right, and that what that's what you know gives you the power of a citizen of this country to be able to speak your voice to that that venue. Like I like that it's being entertained in that sense that we should all use our civic responsibility and have the luxury to be able to do or more luxury to be able to do that. And so maybe that's what it is. It gives us a little bit more luxury to be able to have the time and space to be able to do that. Fair enough. I, I agree. I also think it's interesting that, like, you know, that this is led by tech companies. I think that, that, that that's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, because tech companies, I mean, they're the, they're the leaders and innovators. Yeah, yeah so. leaders and innovators and, and progressive. Not according to Hillary, though. The, <laughs> steel, the mills of the... No, that's <laughs> no, fine. Uh, next, uh, Will and Grace. I mean, I... You know, I'm, I'm your favorite those, show, right? I mean... Come on, yeah. bro. You used to be in your robe <laughs> just watching that show religiously. I was not... I'm not mad at Will and Grace, Eating but... ice cream I'm not mad robe, at Will right? and Grace at all. I'm not mad at Will and Grace, but I, I can't say I was a Will and Grace watcher. <laughs> I can't say that that was my, that was my, that was my show. Uh, but, you know, I watched it occasionally. I just, you know... Um, I would have watched, uh, you know, uh, would have watched uh, the, uh, you know, the, the the Jack and and Karen show more than I would watch the Will and Grace show. But now, however, uh, yeah, I will say this: I love the concept of what they did, um, which is what we, we said what what they did. They they came back right. and uh, did a did a uh, sort of a mini episode, yeah. sort of reuniting the cast to sort of get people to vote. Yeah. I think that would be dope if if some more contemporary shows did that. Like if we saw that on Empire or something, right? That would be fresh, you know. Or we saw that like on Atlanta or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, it's really. I wonder why you don't have that. You talk about tech companies getting involved. I mean, Hollywood, you know, whether you're liberal or not. I mean, voting is not a partisan. I mean, like you know, registering to vote is not a partisan thing. So yeah. everybody should be out there talking about. Like, you know, registering the vote. And especially now with where we are with technology, where we are with this, you know, how content is delivered, like OTT and digital content. Like, there's more opportunity for us to have that type of content. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why more networks and more television properties are taking advantage of that. I think that would would draw a lot of traffic to the property. You know what I'm saying? Well, we talked about last time. I think we're going to talk about it again. Um, You know, YouTube and Google, they've got their stars uh, doing that as well. And and there's there's ways, you know, in the same theme, uh, you know, Hillary was on Between Two Ferns. With Zach Galifianakis', Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. sort of show in air quotes, if you will, uh, <clears throat> and, I, and that um, you see that by the way, I haven't seen. I've seen it before, but I haven't seen the Hillary episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Hillary episode is funny. Yeah. It's it's really funny. I mean, Zach does a lot of he does a lot of like uh, poking, direct fun at. It's almost like he takes the uh, does a really good job of taking the right wing positions and then saying them out loud to Hillary to her face, right, and. There's something about him saying that out loud, it makes it sound all the more ridiculous. Of course. Somebody's like, oh, that's right, you're here to take away all of our guns. <laughs> and she's like, you know, 
You can call me later. Just be sure to email me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like got some zingers in there. I don't spoil it all. Obviously, you should go. You should go watch it. But uh, it it was the most like broke all the records for Funny and Die. The craziest, most record breaking thing on Funny Die. It broke the record for the 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 fastest. Exactly. Yeah. Because Obama is like at nineteen million or something. Yeah, and Obama's was, and and I think this was. It's hard. It's weird because I was thinking about this. you know, um, Lola, who works with us, was saying like how she thought Hillary's was funnier than Obama's, but it's also in hindsight. You know, got recognized that when, when Obama came on and time. did it, yeah. it was so yeah, the Innovative. first time someone yeah. like a president, a president would yeah. do that, and the fact that he was just there, exactly, you know, and, and using his and using style that of medium, humor. exactly, yeah, and then but, but Obama was trying to trade insults with him, which was kind of right. like which is still funny, but uh, Hillary wasn't really trading insults with him. Hillary was just kind of like looking at him like he was crazy, right. which is funny. Um, there's, I mean, and I think of a lot of the, the, the strength of that is that it's just letting Zach say a bunch of wild, crazy shit and have Hillary just be there to hear it yeah. and laugh at it. So like she, I said, she I, didn't have to say much. I think it's know? the forum, it's the medium, because typically you'll see your politician or your your candidate in a more serious um, environment. And right. I think you know placing them in an environment that is a little bit lighter, and that you can, you can you're going to expect more improvisation or expect more just like levity. Like this, I think it gives more. Uh, gives more of an impact to who that person is because their because their hair is down a bit, you know. Yeah, that's not they're they're more vulnerable in the sense that they're uh, being more inclusive. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. So. Well, then the fair article talks about talks about just the the legacy of you know that step of candidates feeling like they have to be cool, starting with you know Hillary's husband, you know, famously on Arsenio playing the sax, exactly. You know, which uh, you know, again, you know, in hindsight. Are. You look at it now; it looks ridiculous. Like even to like you, you look at that clip today; it does not look anything remotely cool. No. Bill's got this. First of all, the saxophone is not cool. No. Second of all, well, it was cool. In the it was 90s. cool. Like, every every song, every song in the eighties had a sax solo. <laughs> from from nineteen seventy nine to like nineteen ninety two had a sax solo. So I guess yeah. it was cool. On, but <laughs> bring that music in schools, man. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not mad at the sax, but like watch it now. Watch it. Clinton lean back with the glasses on. <laughs> It's retarded. And Arsenio, like, pointing. Man, I don't know. I don't know. If, if Obama hopped up and, and put a sax in his mouth, you'd be like, yo, that's cool. Obama does. I mean, Obama does know slow jamming the news, which is already, like, arguably cooler. Like, okay. to me. Like, okay. I, mean, I, think, I think slow jamming the news. But if he played an instrument, you'd be like, yo. Yeah. I would like to see Obama play the flute. <laughs> hey, no. man. But, yeah, so, the, the, anyway, back to the point of, like, you know, this is sort of a new wave of, of the attempt of, 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 of mostly liberal and democratic presidents trying to be cool. I mean, Bill Clinton did it. Kind of what probably won him the presidency. Obama's been doing it. Like Obama's been on every podcast, mm-hmm. every YouTube show. Yeah. He's been on comedians of cars with coffee. He's been on Mark Marin. Like he's just making the rounds. Absolutely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does on the way out. He's going to be doing a lot of stuff. I Bill Maher. Bill Maher's still trying to get him on the Bill Maher show. What if that's going to happen? You gotta you gotta speak to where the people are. And so right. like, we talk about all the time on the show that you know terrestrial television vision radios it, I mean obviously we're shifting from that into more of a digital landscape and, and we talk about younger younger folks and millennial generation like they're on their tablets and phones and so you gotta you gotta you gotta be where the people are and be represented in that fashion so I love the fact that again like politicians or specific politicians like Hillary is mm-hmm. is utilizing those venues and yeah just being more personable you know what I'm saying yeah I so. agree um, all right, so um, and back to the, or what we were talking about earlier, the internet, like, uh, you know, these YouTube stars are really, you know, making that push to get you to vote. Google is doing a huge, huge, you know, voting push, you know, uh, with their Google Doodles, um, you know, talking about voter registration. Uh, that was just two days ago. They did a whole, you know, register to vote on the day of the, 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 uh, the, the day of the debate, which is really amazing because, you know, uh, while people are watching the debate, we watching on multiple screens. People yeah. are on Twitter, people are on Google, googling, fact checking everything they yeah. want to do. But when you Google and you fact check and you see register to vote, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but I mean, how many millions of Google search searches happened during the debates? How many millions of Google searches happened on the twenty sixth? Right. And so that was a very very smart thing for for someone to do. I mean, um, you got to think like the first time that I had the opportunity to vote. Which was for who? Who's the first president I was able to vote for? I think Reagan. Right. Yeah, okay. maybe, maybe for you. Maybe for you. Well, anyway, I mean, you you would think that you know a lot of a lot of this, a lot of the promotional materials 
um, that were put in front of me came through in an advert, either in a magazine or something that came in the mail. Like, but now you have it everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have all your all your favorite destinations and platforms that are communicating this. So I think like it's it becomes like the the hy- it's hypersensitive now. Like you can't escape the fact that hey, you should be forward thinking and you should exercise your right to vote. And I love the fact that you hop on Google, you hop on YouTube, you hop on um, Tumblr, you hop on um, Snapchat, and you're seeing you're seeing this information. It's just a, a good reminder and getting. And I, I think it, it will have an effect. When we look at you know election day and and who shows up, I think the numbers of younger folks will be much higher than in previous elections. You know? Yeah, um, I agree, and I, I, it was I was very upset that uh, I, I just missed the voting by like I mean I think by I think I missed it by like five four months when my first Nixon? voting. Yes, I, I, I really wanted to cast my vote <laughs> for for Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't back in '62, whatever it was. Does it? No, but uh, I, I, I missed it by five months. I had to wait till the next election cycle, and which I was able to cast the vote, and and and, the, and, and my president won, who I voted for. There it is, Bill Clinton. There it but is. um, but anyway, so uh, so that, you know that's cool. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, Mary J. Blige, this is a big one. So she, uh, is is going to have. Hillary on her on her uh, Apple Music sh- show four one one. First of all, have you seen that show? Do you watch it? I do not. Okay. I do not. I have not seen it, but I have I mean, seen bits little, and pieces of the I Hillary. Mean, it's cool. A little like sister girlish, like little like feels like I mean, it's it's appropriate. I know it is, but I'm saying like the point is I don't know you and I will be watching the, the. It's not for us. Exactly watching the Mary J. Blige Kerry <laughs> Washington interview, you know, all day long. But um, but Hillary is per- super appropriate for for Hillary, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the headline of the verse say it's going to be awkward, potentially awkward Apple Music show. What do you, I mean, how do you think that's going to go off? Do you think Hillary? I mean, and, uh, she's singing questions to her, like uh, literally singing questions. I haven't seen any clips from it. And she's, re- she's responding like a, a normal interview, but but Mary J. Blige is like, <laughs> like I don't even want to do it. But she's singing the question. Are you serious? You're not, you're not joking? No, I'm serious. Right now? Not, not through the whole interview. There, there, are, there are segments where she's actually Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a bit ridiculous, but and that's why they're saying it's awkward. It's like okay, and then you know Hillary, her oh, tone, her tone is like very serious, and she's yes. addressing the questions like she would in any other interview. Right, it's just different. <laughs> you yeah, remind I mean, me. <laughs> I can't let try to do it. It's ridiculous. Let's, Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I, I gotta check it out. But uh, I do see, I, I do see uh, Mary J's got her glasses on. She's got her like looking very, you know. Studious, hey, so I'm not, I'm not mad at Mary. I'll be interested to hear. She got the a little, thing. little blazer on. Yeah, I mean, I hope she. I hope that Mary um, is sophisticated enough to ask Hillary some real hard hitting questions. I hope they're just not like plastic, like you know, whatever questions. I hope that she's you know, addressing some things that are happening in the African American community and and putting it on put it, you know bringing bringing Hillary to task to answer it you know i really hope that happens in the interview so we'll see right uh oh youtube hires leor cohen huh. hey, hey that's a separate hey, news hey, that's that's interesting hey. story that's your boy too yeah. that's not my boy i mean leor is very uh i got i got no comment on leor um also back to google google uh at Spanish language voting guides to the search, which is great too. I mean, I think that, like, again, this is part of the outreach of Google trying to make sure that everyone, including Spanish language, yeah, no one's marginalized. Folks, yeah, they, like, you, you know, you, you know, it's okay if you speak. You're still, a, if you're a citizen, you're still a citizen, and you speak primarily Spanish or mostly Spanish. Mm-hmm. We're reaching out to you too. Yeah. Uh, the question is, it'll be interesting to see what happens because, you know, it looks like there's a big opportunity for Hillary. In in specifically in Florida, among Latinos in Florida, there's a huge gap. I mean, mm-hmm. the enthusiasm gap is is very low. Yeah, uh, which is kind of good news because that means that means that there's room for her to grow and get of votes, course, as opposed to like if it was maxed out the same Obama coalition that she's still losing, yeah. then that'd be a problem. Of course. So, but but you know, Google's help trying to help out, but she needs to really speak to those, speak to those Latino folks. I mean, I think it's really important for her to do that, and more important for for Google and other. Um, tech companies and to have the social responsibility to educate and inform people and I love the fact that they're doing it with you know with their platform and I think there's a statistic that says that 
about 49% of Latino Americans think that they're registered to vote. I believe it's 69% for African Americans, but to be able to have this type of information that makes you do the due diligence to check to see if you're actually registered or if, if and if not registered, it gives you the right pathway to become registered. I think it's good. And I mean, say what you want to say about the history of this country. Um, say what you want to say about electoral politics. Say what you want to say if you think, you know, the game is rigged and your vote mean, is meaningless or meaningful. But you still can exercise it. And that's the point. Become educated. Politicize yourself. Like, and I, I love the fact that, you know, even though your vote may, in some, in some arguments, may not mean anything. Right. But at least you know what's going on. At least you're, you're trying to be educated and, and get the facts uh, as to what the issues are that are going to affect not just yourself, but again, like I said earlier, your children and your children's children. So yeah, it's good. I, I agree, and also that you know, just a quick note that the number one search during the, during the debates was uh, I came say it, but something like registrada. Para... <laughs> Man, I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't get my last show. Just, just What is that accent? What is going on? This is not cool. <laughs> uh, register, register for voting. <laughs> Uh, voter registration is in, in, oh, in, okay. in Spanish. Thanks, translator. <laughs> Registrare para votar. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, you didn't take foreign language. In I did. <laughs> I, I, took, I took three years in last school. I had secondary un año en la universidad. But I'm, I'm still I'm, stop I'm, it, I'm bro. Horrible. Silencio. Uh, <laughs> a lot of restaurants Spanish too. Uh, one, uh, plato. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so that, that's interesting. That's, that search was so high. I want to skip over to Google. Back, just continuing on with Google. That you're turning 18. You know, this this year, and they're actually damn, that's crazy. Yeah, quietly. I mean, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a, you know, a landmark birthday. It's not the 20th or the 15th. But you know, there's this article in the Verge sort of like makes the argument that Google is more indispensable than ever. Like, I mean, like they, they said to talk about how the how the the, the uh, you know the device that defines our age is really an iPhone that runs on all Google services, which is true. Uh, talk about like Google's popularity, popularity is built on a foundation of quality and ubiquity, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like they have a foundation built on like you know that what kind of quality we are, and we are everywhere. You ubiquitous, and we and, and then the world. And then no one really argues that. No one really mm-hmm. sits there and looks at. E- as, as Google, as the evil Google, or like the new Walmart, or 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 or, or Facebook, even. I mean, I don't say no one, but for the most part, people like accept Google as being ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, you know, like the phone company or something. Like you know, it like was. Uh, and then you know, Google's trying shit. Google Fiber, um, Project Loon, uh, Project Skybender, Smart Glass. I mean, they're trying shit, so I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? What do you think that Google, Google's place in the world? I mean, yeah, you, you think in the 18 years of its existence um, and where we are within those 18 years and how Google has been a major player in terms of defining the landscape of technology and how we communicate and how we, um, how we produce things, I think they have, they have, a, they have, they have a strong harm. They, I mean, they have the, the hugest market share. Um, and I, I think that, you know, if if, there, if I were being critical, it's like yeah, and, and all the things that they offer us for free, all all the tools of productivity that that we have access to. Keep in mind that they're still mining our information and collecting our information and using that to make gobs of money. And who knows how else they'll use the information? So I mean, I would caution. I would caution our our allegiance and applaud in that way. But yeah, the usefulness of the tools I think are amazing. And just I mean, from everything from yeah, like maps to Gmail to um, YouTube, like everything. It's like everything that we engage in, Google has some type of, has left some type of fingerprint on, you know? Absolutely. It's like, and I think there was there was a line in that article where it said sometimes as a, as a, a brand or a platform or a company, you need to market towards the people, but they're so ubiquitous now is that they're everywhere. The people yeah. just bump into them. Yeah, you know? they, they, they can, like, like I said, they can, they can they just put up. They don't have to target it, you they know? Don't target just, it. They just put exactly. up, they just put up on their, on their doodle, you know, register to vote. And you know that, guess what's going to happen? A uh, uh, hundred million people are going to come to us today. So they will see this right here. Exactly. That, that's pretty strong. That's you know? we, strong. We don't, we don't, we don't we have don't to go find the people. market anymore. Yeah, we don't have to find the people. The people just come to Google. Right. You know, or, or if they don't come to Google, they'll come to YouTube. You know, right. alphabet. <laughs> or, you know, so it's like you know, yeah. I, I, that, that is something that's that's really interesting on that. Um, uh, I want to talk about this laundry map in Charleston, South Carolina, that has a classroom in the back to to reach uh, underserved kids. It is. I think this is this is. I, I don't have mixed feelings about this, but I do have a, a certain a certain 
thought about that. Um, but before I get to that, I do, I keep forgetting, I do want to talk about our friends at DraftKings because it is football season. As I mentioned, every single week, I'm an avid football fan and an avid football, fantasy football player. I'm in two leagues. I'm losing in both of them. The only league that I have an opportunity to win in is DraftKings because DraftKings, it doesn't take, I don't have to worry about playing the whole season. I can play it every single week. I can change that every week. I can change strategies every week. I can play against uh, one-on-one, I can play against everyone else, and the cool thing about it is I can win real money, real money with no long-season commitments. Uh, usually, you know, when first start out, there's a million-dollar p- prize. There's always a million dollars in total total prizes every, every single weekend, but it's fantastic. Here's what you do. You should go to DraftKings.com right now, DraftKings.com. Choose your players for this weekend's event, this weekend's contest. Enter the promo code GEEK, as in Geek Nerd Tech. You can play for free with your first deposit. Um, the, that's promo code GEEK. Play for free. Share in over $1 million in total prizes this weekend only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Promo code GEEK. Eligibility restrictions may apply. Check the website for details. Um, so the laundry mat with the classroom in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, this is fan. I, th- I think this is great. I think that, you know, Charleston, South Carolina, I mean, I, I think that uh, – I so many takes on this. I think that as it uh, as it's at face value, I think this is wonderful. Uh, an underscore laundromat. Uh, if if for if kids if kids, you know, this is a way to sort of help um, underserved not, kids. It's not just a classroom in the back. It's it's a computer lab. It's a computer digital lab. a digital lab in the back. Fair yeah. enough. That's I'm different. calling it a classroom for lack of a better for lack of better words. And it's also they also offer Bible study. Yeah. And they also offer uh, sort of free. This is South Carolina now. Yeah. They have Bible study. And this is and they also offer um, you know free laundry for the homeless. Exactly. And you know the, the the place itself is very lovely. It's things like Joy mm-hmm. and it's, it's like the nicest laundry mat I've, I've seen in my life. Right. And uh, I think it's a great idea. And I wonder if it'll if it'll continue catch on. Catch yeah. on. It seems to be staffed and run by all white folks in a black in a black community, which is nothing wrong with that, I guess. Uh, it just it just reminds me of, um, it's just it's just interesting to see like a room full of black folks and you know and 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 like and these nice white ladies helping them out. It's just something about that in South Carolina that is, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk a lot about Silicon Valley being the hub and the epicenter of technology, but South Carolina um, actually has a lot of tech tech companies that you know operate there and have originated from there and I think we talk a lot again about social responsibility and and um, narrowing the digital divide and giving um, people of lower income opportunity to be able to interface with technology and, and have access equal access to internet information that you know will propel their imagination and, and obviously give them um, more fertilizer for their dreams and so I love the fact that you know while mom or pop or dad or parents are you know getting their laundry done like the the kid in the back could be learning and searching and exploring on the internet. I think that's a great a great uh, environment for all those things to happen. And I think as a case study, like I would love to see those things happen all over the country. If not even not not even just this country, all over the world. Like to be able to have um, the infrastructure to be able to provide that. Um, even if even if it's not the newest technology, at least it's technology that you know it will it will propel again propel their imagination and give them kind of like the basic fundamental skills to build upon. And take along with them, and man, like so, so many of our our young folks' dreams are so narrow because they don't have necessarily the tools or the opportunities to be able to expand them. And this is a great way to do that. I agree wholeheartedly. I think I think, I think it's I think it's I think it's uh, fantastic. There's a um, I'm so shot this episode of This American Life that was actually last week's episode called "A Problem We All Live With," hmm. uh, based on kind of it's the same title of the old Norman Rockwell photo of the. Uh, the young uh, girl going to going to school for the first time in I don't remember the year, but like, uh, but it talks about desegregation of schools in St. Louis, and it's one of the most fascinating listens and heartbreaking listens. Mm. Um, you, you're, you'll listen to a long time. I highly, highly recommend it. It's called "The Problem We All Live With," and it just reminds me of this in a lot of ways. Mm. Also. Um, I'm unplugging. I don't know why I'm plugging on these folks. HBO's new show, Insecure, uh, premieres October 10th. There's a sneak preview of it. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, I mean, it's kind of it's overplayed to say call it the black version of Girls, but it is kind of like the black version of Girls. It's really good to see um, a show with black women uh, in L.A. That seems very, very real and contemporary and funny, but they do talk a lot about 
this sort of thing in a, in a real interesting, funny way. So those are two I want to shout out. I just want to shout out um, our good friends at General Assembly. Yep. I think they're doing some amazing things, especially if you're looking for a career in technology, maybe or business data design or even marketing. And you're just trying to get, you know, that that big promotion or that raise. Um, you want to excel in your career, you, you got to have a 21st century training and skills. And General Assembly is the largest and most respected school worldwide for people seeking to grow their talents and then master the marketplace. And whether it's learning remotely online or in person at one of their beautiful campuses, you can join the 350,000 people who have already gotten the training needed to propel, needed to propel their careers in tech and business. In fact, more than 2,500 companies worldwide hire GA graduates. They have a 99% of they have 99% of their graduates participate in GA career services, and they land a new role in their field of choice within six months of starting their job search. And I think that's pretty amazing. So take control of your talent and career now. And find out more at ga.co slash geek. That's ga.co slash geek. And be sure to enter the promo code geek to save on your first class, workshop, or event. Um, General Assembly is awesome. Once again, that's ga.co slash geek, code word geek. General Assembly is the spot, y'all. Good. Yeah, GA, check it out. Get 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 a job, get training. Get it all from our friends General Assembly. Um, I want to talk about our um, oh, what's happening over at Snapchat. Uh, this is something that feels like a couple last couple of, last few stories all seem sort of inev- inevitable, and I want to talk about them. They're interesting to me. This one in the in the in the inevitability, Snapchat is releasing its first hardware product, but it's not a smartphone, it's not a watch, it are sp- it's spectacles, it's a gl- their glasses, and I, you know, well, you think I'm gonna get some? <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> first of all, I don't know what these things look like per se, but. I will say that uh, the idea is you wear these things or glasses. They, they look like whatever. They're going to roll them out slowly, but it's not so much of what I thought they were, which are like virtual reality joints where you watch a Snapchat in, in real time, which yeah. I'm sure will come in version three or four. Right. But this is just simply to record your day. You can wow. you can tap it and record ten seconds of video, and 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 and, and have it play on your phone. Now, look, I don't know what to think about this awesome. because you're not. You know, it seems like it's perfect for millennials who and, and others who record everything via Snapchat. You know, and I'm I, I'm kind of one of those people. But the idea of like everything you do, rocking around, I mean, like doing this move, it's all point of view. So I mean, it's because you want to have the POV of what your eye line is looking at versus mm-hmm. your camera line or where you place the camera. Yeah. I don't think that's innovative. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's Groundbreaking. Oh, I mean, I think maybe you don't think it's less distracting than people walking around like holding their phones. And less distracting, but like, isn't that a part? Isn't that a part of it? Like, you want to yeah. be able to take a selfie and, and yeah. get your group together. Like, you take your glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be recorded. It's like the Google Glass thing. Yeah, you know. How do you know? I, I, yeah. How do I like, know? Said it again, Achilles. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> take, me, take me to court on something because right. I said something. Exactly. I'm, I'm good on it, man. I mean, I think I don't know. I, those are my takes. Well, yeah, whatever. I, you know, my brain uh, uh, instantly goes to the revel, you know, talk about the, all the POV porn that's out there. Not that I would Let me put on my glasses. Not, not that I know about this stuff, but uh, there's a lot of POV porn, so I wonder if this this this, this may be an issue for that. Uh, I don't know, man. Hey, man. I don't know. Uh, it, I guess will will how do they look? Will people wear them? What are the price points? Like, it feels like an interesting. Uh, Fun augmentation to what you already have on your phone, but if it's going to cost me an extra hundred fifty dollars, goodbye. Like why? Why goodbye? Well, I don't want to spend. I can't spend much money to have some glasses I can record stuff in real oh, time. Sweet. We'll see. And I don't know if technology is any good. Blah 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 blah. We'll see. Uh, the next thing that seems inevitable, which is cool, is that Microsoft's talking about curing, solving cancer. And I say not I say solving and not curing because they're like really talking about um, you know treating it like an equation and really get into the biochemistry of, of, of what's happening and breaking down and fighting these cells. I think the technology is up to the point now where we feel like that we can, you know, actually use science and computer science to actually solve cancer. What do you think of this? Um, I think this is awesome. And I think it kind of falls in line with uh, what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Facebook and saying by, I think, the year 2060 that he'll... He's going to donate, you know, over three billion dollars, and by the year 2060, he'll have eradicated or find find cures for all diseases. So I think this is kind of in alignment with that. Microsoft is doing their due diligence to do that too, and and I agree. I, I think where we are now, because of um, again communications and computation, like in those things converging, like we, we're able to capture data 
in 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 real time that will give us provide us solutions that we've never been been able to have before. And so I think in terms of when you look at the body or the mind and how really the computer was modeled off that, like it, essentially we are computers, we are machines. And so to kind of like figure out how you would eradicate a virus from a computer is the same thing you would er how you would eradicate a disease from the body. And so using those type of parallel, using that parallel thinking and just figuring out what we could do computationally to give us more insight and information about what's happening with or our organic um, cell on, on an organic cellular level, I think is pretty amazing. And I'm interested to see, you know, what happens in the, in the next decade or two as it relates to, you know, a lot of these diseases that have taken, you know, millions of lives. So I think it's dope. Right. I think it's, I think it's incredible too. Uh, also next is, uh, uh, Oh, I lost my place here. Oh, uh, no surprise here. Also, in the, in the, in the shot, non-shocker, looks like Disney and Microsoft are working on putting bids together to buy Twitter. Um, hey, this is interesting. It's interesting. It makes sense. Uh, I don't know. What I mean, it's. It, I don't know that. I mean, Twitter. Yeah, I, we, the idea that Twitter. Again, we talked about Twitter. You know, taking the next evolution and becoming and, and really actually functioning as a media company, mm -hmm. which is where they're going. Like obviously the Monday night football, the, uh, the Thursday night football thing, and that we've talked about. And they're also talking about streaming other things. Yeah, <clears throat> being bought by Microsoft or Disney. First of all, who would you prefer them being bought by, and what do you think of this? Hey, I think this is this is a major move for for um, any company that that would want to you know put in a bid and they're saying the valuation for Twitter is Twitter is close to 20 billion dollars which I think is pretty amazing um, That's but because of the I mean obviously the obviously the user base is I think almost 300 million users yeah that's true you're, um, you're buying the user exactly base. but I think for a company like Disney like I think that would be an amazing thing to be able to have in their arsenal with all the other properties that they they have under the umbrella. How um, would you use it? How would you, how, would, how would a giant media conglomerate utilize a media communications company like Twitter and, and those users? Is it just simply you know using, get, getting getting? Are you buying fans? Are you buying loyalty? Are you buying eyeballs? Are you buying what? Are you, what are you buying? I mean, I you're buying all of that. You're buying all of that, and you're buying the the potentiality to have another touch point to disseminate information, whatever the information may be. If it's the, the Disney theme park, if it's, you know, Marvel, the next Marvel movie, if it's, um, ending it, everything in between, like to be able to have a, another element to be able to have that, that communication loop with, with all those users. I think, I mean, why, why, why would Google buy YouTube? Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean so? well, you know, for, the, for the search, Google bought YouTube because of the search right. engine, and they, now they own all search. Right. But I think that, um, like, well, let me put, put it another way. Like, if you are if you Achilles Shine at Achilles Shine Inc. and you were worth, you know, nine hundred billion dollars, whatever, and and you, and you saw that Twitter was for sale, are you buying it? Um. Well, if I only had nine hundred million, I don't think I. No, nine hundred billion. Okay. <laughs> um, what? That's a good question. Would I buy it? If you, um, they made that's, that's, they made you Achilles Shine, the CEO of Disney today. Like you're at the boardroom. You're like, first things first. Give kinda, me Twitter. It's kind of hard to answer that question. <laughs> I, I don't know what other opportunities are out there that right. you know, I would I would have to evaluate. But I mean, I think for something that for something that most of us use and that that pretty much every media outlet uses everyone has a twitter handle like to be able to have that type of power and infrastructure on the under the your banner i think says a lot you know yeah so okay i mean I, I would have to give more thought as to like more specifically what could be leveraged with that but um i think just have having that tool having that digital space um can give leverage can give you more leverage than your competitors you sure know? sure uh all right well um so moving on some pop culture stuff two quick things uh, your boy Drake album, of, I mean, like the guy who did not go to title, stayed with Apple, very famously stayed and was riding with Apple Music, uh, and, and, uh, and and got paid to stay with Apple Music a, a lot of money. Yeah, released his album on Apple Music, and it's the first uh, to hit one billion streams on Apple. His new album yeah, um, got a spins up a billion streams. Now, is this the whole album? Is this songs, or is this per individual stream? I would have to assume that it's an aggregate of everything. Because it's not like he, like, you know, I went. I mean, because no one's going to listen to the song, every song the same amount. It's, an aggreg it's an aggregation. And what is a bill? Like, what, is, what, what is he hanging his, in, his, in his thing? Like, that's platinum is a million. What's a billion? Like, I went platinum. Like, what's a billion? But I mean, a stream is not a sell. Exactly. So, but I mean, I get what you're saying. It still has a billion people that have listened to some part of the album. 
I mean, I mean, not a billion people. However, that many people have listened a billion times. Yeah. Like that is that's pretty phenomenal. You know, that's, I mean, yeah. And it, and it makes, well, that's kind of the other question I was having is like, how important is this number? Is this number like because we're not talking about? I heard Nas was on uh, Bill Simmons' show talking about his still. What's so important to him is 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 the platinum records and the plaques and the plaques. I mean, he's just of that era, and those are still important to him. So, but Drake is obviously a different generation. Yeah. Drake's a millennial. I mean, is it streams? And what does that what does that number mean? Exactly, because we talk a lot about about streaming music streaming sites like like platforms like Spotify, um, Tidal, and of course Apple Music. And we've we've uh, referenced like Pharrell, like his song Happy Guy, like. X amount of streams or right. like millions of streams and he got paid like a couple grand right. or Aloe Black had a huge smash hit with um, Dollar Bill yeah and yeah. like made like 500 yeah. bucks yeah. you know what or I'm saying the, like uh, so the Avicii one that's yeah, the one he exactly. made no money on. Avicii's so like, like in yachts and Aloe Black's like living in <laughs> Sort so like. a billion streams what does that mean <laughs> did you make did you make 50 grand or yeah. did you make 5 million or like like what is what is the, the value of that you right know? right so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, I guess it's an impressive number. And it's an impressive number when you talk about Apple Music's first person to reach this amount of streams. But it's really, it, it's also in perspective. Yeah, you listen to what they're saying. It's not iTunes. It's not sales. It's not anything to do with iTunes. Right. It's Apple Music. Apple Music is relatively new. We're talking about under two years old, like yeah. 18 months old. Yeah. So the first person to reach a billion streams on Apple Music. However. It makes, it's, it's I, impressive. I, but, will, I will give him his applause because, you know, Drake is, Drake is a hip-hop artist. Yes. It just shows you how, how powerful, you know, hip-hop culture still is. And, oh, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a rock artist. It's not a pop artist. It's, I mean, but Drake could, could be argued as a pop artist. But, well, in real time, like right now, what's interesting about that is I looked on Apple Music, you know, just as I often do to see, uh, like, you know, what's, what's happening? Top results. Yeah, what, what are the kids? What are the kids look listening to these days? Uh, and if you look, you know, if you look in the, uh, uh, you know, browse what's new, the, every, the top one, two, three, four, five, six things are all hip hop, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think it's, that, that's just dope. So I don't know. I guess it's interesting, but um. I don't know a time where that I mean, it's been like that before, but like really talk about the dominant music and the dominant culture. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this question. Yeah. I know we're running out of time, but right. um, so yeah, we talked about Apple developing an ancillary content, you know, for uh, Apple Music uh-huh. um, video content. Video content. Yes. So what do you think? I don't know if you're if you're up to speed with this. What do you think about Spotify getting into the video content game? Because that's that's their next move. They're spending a, a gobs of money to develop video content at Spotify. Well, I will how, s- how do you how inventive do you think that will? be for that platform and how do you think that will shift shift the game uh i it's hard to say but i think it's a great idea i think that you know spot because you know you have it's like it's all about the user base spotify has collected a gigantic user base uh as apple music is starting to collect a gigantic user base so if you have these people that are already using your service on a regular basis and to say to them oh yeah now we're going to do video it, you know, you have to really you have to think about how you change the user's habits from listening to watching, change it from passive to active, which is the main thing, right? Why, why podcasts and, and Spotify don't seem so great because it's, it's passive. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can do it while you're washing clothes, driving. At video, you got to stop down and do that. So yeah. whether it'll work or not, you see, I think it's definitely a great move. And you're seeing this with Pandora. Pandora is now shifting into exclusive shows. Questlove has a show on Pandora. Mm-hmm. People are having they're having shows on Pandora mm-hmm. now. They're having video on Pandora soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this is where it's at. Um, I you know I could say that we uh, maybe in some talks to do a show with Pandora. Hopefully, so um, not Pandora with uh, Spotify. So I, I hope I hope they do do it. I hope they're great. You know. So we'll see. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, th- I definitely think you know that that is the. That is going to be the the soon to be landscape with all these you know streaming platforms that they're going to be able. To, I mean, we talk about it all the time about you know Facebook, Twitter, and all the big guys becoming you know more more of like a media outlet. And I think you know these smaller, newer newer fish are going to do the same thing. I mean, they're already kind of doing it, but just not hasn't been formalized, and I, or it hasn't been um, yeah, it hasn't been formalized, it hasn't been like programmed. And so I think that that's going to be the new phase, even with like Netflix. When Netflix start doing podcasts, uh-huh. like game changer. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I think all the I think all these guys are going to be able to be offering their, their slate of what they're offering is going to be diverse. It's not just going to be in one type of thing. It's going to be multiple things. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's it's a realization of like these guys going from one service to being you know to making that move towards being media companies, exactly. like Twitter, like this. So we'll see. Uh, last but not least, 
We have uh, our boy Luke Cage mm-hmm. is dropping. On... I've seen the trailer. Yes, yeah, so, so I saw the I saw the Wu Tang trailer. I haven't seen the new trailer. I mean, it's a new new trailer with it with some yeah, more. It's very good. Okay, so I'm, you know, I was I was already in. I was in. You know, when I saw him on Jessica Jones, I was yeah. I've been in. But it's but he's not going to be the same as as he was in Jessica Jones. What do you mean? I mean, well, it's a shit. It's a shift in his. Uh, how he's presented, like he's he's not he's as not like a bartending dude sleeping well, with white not, girls. In Jessica Jones, he's not he's, he's not really hip hop out. No, in this one he is. Okay. I mean, even the even like even the episodes. I don't know if you knew this, but the episodes are are named off of, off a of gangstar songs. Off a of, of a gangstar song. Yes, yes. I didn't know that. Each episode is a gangstar song. A gangstar song. That's correct. That's impressive. That's now that's correct. impressive. Yeah. Like that's impressive. I like that. I think uh, what's my man from Tribe, um, DJ producer, uh, Shahid Shahi Muhammad. Yeah, he he's he's scoring. He's he's there's two people scoring. He's one of the guys that's scoring a lot of the music, and essentially they're making they're making his character like more like uh, early early nineties hip hop. Like that's the energy, oh. that's the vibe. Like that that they're bringing into Luke Cage. Like smart. I think it's very smart. Very smart because yeah. a lot of the, a lot of Gen Xers like me <laughs> love the early nineties hip hop and yeah. that. And then a lot of like. Uh, no, so many white college kids came of age on '90s hip hop, like like the, so many white Gen Xers and Generation Y kids from you know people my age, like like Robert Downey Jr. to Jonah Hill, who still talk about that stuff. So it's Absolutely. a whole world of people that came of age of in in '90s hip hop. So yeah. it's very smart, super very, smart, very smart. Glad, and it, glad it I drops. Of it. it drops tomorrow. Tomorrow, the thirtieth, no, well, or Friday. Um, Gangstar, that's yeah. so. That's like a deep cut in pop culture. I think that's dope. I think that's fantastic. I mean, Gangstar is obviously defunct because uh, you know Guru Rest in Peace is not with us anymore. Come on, but, Premier is. But Premier is. That's dope, and they've got tracks. Yeah. I hope they don't. They, they, you know that 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 takes them to at least ten seasons of <laughs> tracks. So, well, good. Well, you just school me on that. Well, I'm very excited about uh, Luke Cage, and very excited to see how how it, how it, how it comes out. Um, I think that's it for us. Uh, anything else? Nah, man. I think it's good. Like we'll have some new fresh stuff next week. Yep, we will. Um, and that's like I say, we're moving to Wednesdays as well. So uh, any of the guys who are checking for us on Friday will be on Wednesdays um, from now on. So you can check our feed earlier uh, for, for some midweek stuff um, and help us catch some catch some things from the previous week and also look to the week ahead. So, uh, but we will see you soon. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, where can the people find you? Man, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. Where can I find you? On uh, Snapchat with my snap glasses on uh, at JK Braz and on Instagram and uh, so Twitter at Joe K Braswell. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Marissa, and we'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.